0: Book thirteen, chapters twelve and thirteen of the Antiquities of the Jews, volume three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne BOULET The Antiquities of the Jews, volume three, by Flavius Josephus, translated by William Whiston book thirteen chapters twelve and thirteen chapter twelve how alexander when he had taken the government made an expedition against ptolemais and then raised the siege out of fear of ptolemy Lathyrus, and how ptolemy made war against him because he had sent to cleopatra to persuade her to make war against ptolemy and yet pretended to be in friendship with him when he beat the jews in the battle when Aristobulus was dead, his wife Salome, who, by the Greeks, was called Alexandra, led his brethren out of prison, for Aristobulus had kept them in bonds, as we have said already, and made Alexander Geneus king, who was the superior in age and in moderation. This child happened to be hated by his father as soon as he was born, and could never be permitted to come into his father's sight till he died the occasion of which hatred is thus reported. When Hyrcanus chiefly loved the two eldest of his sons, Antigonus and Aristobulus, God appeared to him in his sleep, of whom he inquired which of his sons should be his successor. Upon God's representing to him the countenance of Alexander, he was grieved that he was to be the heir of all his goods, and suffered him to be brought up in Galilee. However, God did not deceive Hyrcanus, for after the death of aristobulus he certainly took the kingdom and one of his brethren who affected the kingdom he slew and the other who chose to live a private and quiet life he had in esteem when alexander gennaeus had settled the government in the manner that he judged best he made an expedition against ptolemais and having overcome the men in battle he shut them up in the city and sat round about it and besieged it for of the maritime cities there remained only ptolemais and gaza to be conquered besides strato's tower and dora which were held by the tyrant zoilus now while antiochus philometor and antiochus who was called sicennus were making war one against another and destroying one another's armies the people of ptolemais could have no assistance from them but when they were distressed with this siege zoilus who possessed strato's tower and dora and maintained a legion of soldiers and on occasion of the contest between the kings affected tyranny himself came and brought some small assistance to the people of ptolemais nor indeed had the kings such a friendship for them as that they should hope for any advantage from them both these kings were in the case of wrestlers who finding themselves deficient in strength and yet being ashamed to yield put off the fight by laziness and by lying still as long as they can, the only hope they had remaining was from the kings of Egypt and from Ptolemy Lathyrus, who now held Cyprus and who came to Cyprus when he was driven from the government of Egypt by Cleopatra, his mother. So the people of Ptolemais sent to this Ptolemy Lathyrus and desired him to come as a confederate to deliver them. Now they were in such danger, out of the hands of Alexander and as the ambassadors gave him hopes that if he would pass over into syria he would have the people of gaza on the side of those of ptolemais as also they said that zoilus and besides these the sidonians and many others would assist them so he was elevated at this and got his fleet ready as soon as possible but in this interval Demenetus, one that was of abilities to persuade men to do as he would have them and a leader of the populace made those of Ptolemais change their opinions and said to them that it was better to run the hazard of being subject to the jews than to admit of evident slavery by delivering themselves up to a master and besides that to have not only a war at present but to expect a much greater war with egypt for that cleopatra would not overlook an army raised by ptolemy for himself out of the neighbourhood but would come against them with a great army of her own, and this because she was laboring to eject her son out of Cyprus also. That, as for Ptolemy, if he fail of his hopes, he can still retire to Cyprus, but that they would be left in the greatest danger possible. Now Ptolemy, although he had heard of the change that was made in the people of Ptolemais, yet did he still go on with his voyage, and came to the country called Sycamine, and there set his army on shore this army of his in the whole horse and foot together were about thirty thousand with which he marched near to ptolemais and there pitched his camp but when the people of ptolemais neither received his ambassadors nor would hear what they had to say he was under a very great concern but when zoilus and the people of gaza came to him and desired his assistance because their country was laid waste by the jews and by alexander Alexander raised the siege for fear of Ptolemy, and when he had drawn off his army into his own country, he used a stratagem afterwards, by privately inviting Cleopatra to come against Ptolemy, but publicly pretending to desire a league of friendship and mutual assistance with him, and promising to give him four hundred talents of silver. He desired that, by way of requital, he would take off Zoilus the tyrant, and give his country to the Jews. And then indeed Ptolemy, with pleasure, made such a league of friendship with Alexander, and subdued Zoilus. But when he afterwards heard that he had privily sent to Cleopatra his mother, he broke the league with him, which yet he had confirmed with an oath, and fell upon him, and besieged Ptolemais because it would not receive him. However, leaving his generals, with some part of his forces, to go on with the siege, he went immediately with the rest to lay judea waste and when alexander understood this to be ptolemy's intention he also got together about fifty thousand soldiers out of his own country nay as some writers have said eighty thousand he then took his army and went to meet ptolemy but ptolemy fell upon Asokis, a city of galilee and took it by force on the sabbath day and there he took about 10,000 slaves, and a great deal of other prey. He then tried to take sepphoris which was a city not far from that which was destroyed, but lost many of his men. Yet did he then go to fight with Alexander, which Alexander met him at the river Jordan, near a certain place called Sapphoth, not far from the river Jordan, and pitched his camp near to the enemy. He had, however, eight thousand in the first rank, which he styled Hecatonto Machi, having shields of brass. Those in the first rank of Ptolemy's soldiers also had shields covered with brass. But Ptolemy's soldiers in other respects were inferior to those of Alexander, and therefore were more fearful of running hazards. But Philostephanus, the camp master, put great courage into them, and ordered them to pass the river, which was between their camps nor did alexander think fit to hinder their passage over it for he thought that if the enemy had once gotten the river on their back that he should the easier take them prisoners when they could not flee out of the battle in the beginning of which the acts on both sides with their hands and with their alacrity were alike and a great slaughter was made by both the armies but alexander was superior till philo Stephanus opportunely brought up the auxiliaries to help those that were giving way but as there were no auxiliaries to afford help to that part of the jews that gave way it fell out that they fled and those near them did not assist them but fled along with them however ptolemy's soldiers acted quite otherwise for they followed the jews and killed them till at length those that slew them pursued after them when they had made them all run away and slew them so long that their weapons of iron were blunted and their hands quite tired from the slaughter for the report was that thirty thousand men were then slain timagenes says there were fifty thousand as for the rest they were part of them taken captives and the other part ran away to their own country after this victory ptolemy overran all the country and when night came on he abode in certain villages of judea which when he found full of women and children he commanded his soldiers to strangle them, and to cut them into pieces, and then to cast them into boiling cauldrons, and then to devour their limbs as sacrifices. This commandment was given, that such as fled from the battle, and came to them, might suppose their enemies were cannibals, and eat men's flesh, and might on that account be still more terrified at them upon such a sight. And both Strabo and Nicholas of Damascus affirm, that they used these people after this manner, as I have already related. Ptolemy also took Ptolemais by force, as we have declared elsewhere. Chapter thirteen How Alexander, upon the league of mutual defense which Cleopatra had agreed with him, made an expedition against Celesyria and utterly overthrew the city of Gaza, and how he slew many ten thousands of Jews that rebelled against him also concerning Antiochus Grippus, Seleucus Antiochus Sicesius, and Antiochus Pius, and others. When Cleopatra saw that her son had grown great, and laid Judea waste, without disturbance, and had gotten the city of Gaza under his power, she resolved no longer to overlook what he did, when he was almost at her gates. And she concluded that now he was so much stronger than before, he would be very desirous of the dominion over the egyptians but she immediately marched against him with a fleet at sea and an army of foot on land and made chelsea and ananias the jews generals of her whole army while she sent the greatest part of her riches her grandchildren and her testament to the people of cos Cleopatra also ordered her son Alexander to sail with a great fleet to Phoenicia, and when that country had revolted, she came to Ptolemais. And because the people of Ptolemais did not receive her, she besieged the city. But Ptolemy went out of Syria and made haste unto Egypt, supposing that he should find it destitute of an army and soon take it, though he failed of his hopes. At this time Chelseas, one of Cleopatra's generals, happened to die in Celesyria, as he was in pursuit of Ptolemy. When Cleopatra heard of her son's attempt, and that his Egyptian expedition did not succeed according to his expectations, she sent thither part of her army, and drove him out of that country. So when he was returned out of Egypt again, he abode during the winter at Gaza, in which time Cleopatra took the garrison that was in Ptolemais by siege, as well as the city. And when Alexander came to her, he gave her presents, and such marks of respect as were but proper, since under the miseries he endured by Ptolemy, he had no other refuge but her. Now there were some of her friends who persuaded her to seize Alexander, and to overrun and take the possession of the country, and not to sit still and see such a multitude of brave Jews subject to one man. But Ananias' counsel was contrary to theirs, who said that she would do an unjust action if she deprived a man that was her ally of that authority which belonged to him and this a man who is related to us for said he i would not have thee ignorant of this that what injustice thou dost to him will make all us that are jews to be thy enemies this desire of ananias cleopatra complied with and did no injury to alexander but made a league of mutual assistance with him at Scythopolis, a city of Celesyria. So when Alexander was delivered from the fear he was in of Ptolemy, he presently made an expedition against Celesyria. He also took Gadara, after a siege of ten months. He also took Arethas, a very strong fortress belonging to the inhabitants above Jordan, where Theodorus, the son of Zeno, had his chief treasure, and what he esteemed most precious this zeno fell unexpectedly upon the jews and slew ten thousand of them and seized upon alexander's baggage yet did not this misfortune terrify alexander but he made an expedition upon the maritime parts of the country raphia and anthedon the name of which king herod afterwards changed to acropius and took even that by force but when alexander saw that ptolemy was retired from gaza to cyprus and his mother cleopatra was returned to egypt he grew angry at the people of Gaza because they had invited Ptolemy to assist them and besiege their city and ravage their country. But as Apollodotus, the general of the army of Gaza, fell upon the camp of the Jews by night, with 2,000 foreign and 10,000 of his own forces. While the night lasted, those of Gaza prevailed, because the enemy was made to believe that it was Ptolemy who attacked them but when day was come on and that mistake was corrected and the jews knew the truth of the matter they came back again and fell upon those of gaza and slew of them about a thousand but as of those of gaza stoutly resisted them and would not yield for either their want of anything nor for the great multitude that were slain for they would rather suffer any hardship whatever than come under the power of their enemies aridas the king of the arabians a person then very illustrious encouraged them to go on with alacrity and promised them that he would come to their assistance but it happened that before he came apollodotus was slain for his brother lysimachus envying him for the great reputation he had gained among the citizens slew him and got the army together and delivered up the city to alexander who when he came in at first lay quiet but afterwards set his army upon the inhabitants of gaza and gave them leave to punish them so some went one way and some went another and slew the inhabitants of gaza yet were not they of cowardly hearts but opposed those that came to slay them and slew as many of the jews and some of them when they saw themselves deserted burnt their own homes that the enemy might get none of their spoils nay some of them with their own hands slew their children and their wives having no other way but this of avoiding slavery for them but the senators who were in all five hundred fled to apollo's temple for this attack happened to be made as they were sitting whom alexander slew and when he had utterly overthrown their city he returned to jerusalem having spent a year in that siege about this very time antiochus who was called Grippus, died his death was caused by Heracleon's treachery when he had lived forty-five years, and had reigned twenty-nine. His son Seleucus succeeded him in the kingdom, and made war with Antiochus, his father's brother, who was called Antiochus Cicennus, and beat him, and took him prisoner, and slew him. But after a while Antiochus, the son of Cicennus, who was called Pius, came to Aratus, and put the diadem on his own head, and made war with Seleucus and beat him, and drove him out of all Syria. But when he fled out of Syria, he came to Mopsustia again, and levied money upon them. But the people of Mopsustia had indignation at what he did, and burnt down his palace and slew him, together with his friends. But when Antiochus the son of Sisennus was king of Syria, Antiochus the brother of Seleucus made war upon him, and was overcome and destroyed he and his army after him his brother philip put on the diadem and reigned over some part of syria but ptolemy lathras sent for his fourth brother demetrius who was called eucyrus from Kidus, and made him king of damascus both these brothers did antiochus vehemently oppose but presently died for when he was come as an auxiliary to Laodice, queen of the Gileadites, when she was making war against the Parthians, and he was fighting courageously, he fell, while Demetrius and Philip governed Syria, as hath been elsewhere related. As to Alexander, his own people were seditious against him, for at a festival which was then celebrated, when he stood upon the altar and was going to sacrifice, the nation rose upon him and pelted him with citrons, which they then had in their hands, because the law of the Jews required that at the festival of tabernacles every one should have branches of the palm tree and citron tree, which thing we have elsewhere related. They also reviled him as derived from a captive, and so unworthy of his dignity and of sacrificing. At this he was in a rage, and slew them about six thousand. He also built a partition wall of wood round the altar and the temple, as far as that partition, within which it was only lawful for the priests to enter, and by this means he obstructed the multitude from coming at him. He also maintained foreigners of Pisidia and Cilicia, for as to the Syrians, he was at war with them, and so made no use of them. He also overcame the Arabians, such as the Moabites and Gileadites, and made them bring tribute moreover he demolished amathus while theodorus durst not fight with him but as he joined battle with obadus king of the arabians and fell into an ambush in the places that were rugged and difficult to be travelled over he was thrown down into a deep valley by the multitude of the camels at Gadern, a village of gilead and hardly escaped with his life from thence he fled to Jerusalem, where, besides his other ill success, the nation insulted him, and he fought against them for six years, and slew no fewer than fifty thousand of them. And when he desired that they would desist from their ill will to him, they hated him so much the more, on account of what had already happened. And when he had asked them what he ought to do, they all cried out, that he ought to kill himself. They also sent to Demetrius Eusiris, and desired him to make a league of mutual defense with them. End of Book 13, Chapters 12 and 13